0: Behind every interesting person is a great story. This is Person of Interest with Natalie Jones. Okay, what's going on? Natalie here. Person of Interest with Natalie Jones. This week we have Meredith McGraw. I was gonna re I was gonna post this later on, but with Corona and everything, I asked her if I could revamp it up and post it a little bit earlier than we had anticipated because mental health now more than ever, I think we all need to latch on to. Because so if there's one thing every human being all over the world has in common is mental health. And Meriden makes that so clear. It makes it easy to achieve. I think a lot of us, I mean, are really stressed. We don't know what's going to happen next, whether the chaos is going on in your home. You don't know if you have a job anymore. Maybe you don't have a job. You don't have any toilet paper. You don't know how to provide for your elderly. Whatever it is, it's all going to be OK. Meriden tells us quick, straight to the point, what we can do in her refreshing, her refreshing outlook on mental health. I think I just love. I personally dedicated so much of my life to mental health. And until I met Meredith, I didn't trust anybody as wholly and fully as I do her. She really is just that awesome. I hope you get that sense of it through through your listening device, whatever it is. But if you want to reach out to her personally, you can find more information about Meriden and her work through the University of Cincinnati Center for Integrative Health and Wellness Corporate Mindfulness website at www.med.uc.edu slash integrative slash mindfulness-programs. And also her name is Meriden McGraw and she's starting Meriden McGraw Wellbeing and that Instagram is Meriden MWB, and her website, which is launching soon, is MeridenMWB.com. Now, that stands for Meriden McGraw Wellbeing. And she's also offering, during this time, virtual one-on-one and group sessions for mental health. And you can reach her for individual sessions at MMCGraw at MeridenMWB.com. That stands for Meriden McGraw at MeridenMcGrawWellbeing.com. Formal intros, try not to be so formal. That's just how it goes. Can I get a mic check? Mic check. Hi. Hi. Meredith McGraw.
1: Meredith McGraw. Meredith Mental Wellbeing. Meredith <laughs> Mental well-being.
0: My girl, okay. I'm going to do this because I'm excited this morning and I'm sweating. I know you through Quidwell, which is a business you started with Molly McCafferty. Yes. And that is focusing on women's wellness on all different levels in health. Yeah. Right?
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. It originally
0: started as Cincy State of Being. Yeah. And then when we started talking about that, I realized you have a depth of knowledge in mental health. Yes, which is my favorite thing to talk about. I shamelessly talk about. I just <laughs> think it's so important. As a person who works from feeling and emotion every day, I think that's the basis of humanity. Yeah, and so many exterior things that are that that people suffer from. I think it all comes from within and through and from your mind. That's the basis of all of it. And we need yeah to get down to the core of the issue in order to solve it. Right. And you speak so. I don't think we've ever had a conversation where I didn't have to ask you what one of the words means that you use. I was like, "What does that mean? You're crazy smart." Okay, Um, yeah. And so I asked you to come on today just because you have like just a brief bio. So you're from Cincinnati, right? No, I'm actually from Columbus. Wait, you're from Columbus? Yeah.
1: And then you went to Miami. Is that where you met Molly? Yeah. Okay. Molly and I met. Gotcha. And we would rollerblade around campus.
0: Oh, my God. I'm a rollerblader as well. Really? Yes. Blade babes.
1: This is like after a few drinks. Oh, my it God. I wasn't smart. <laughs> we were also 19, so. Uh, well, when I was 31
0: and living in California, I would blade on the beach, boardwalk yeah. every day, and I'd wave to every other rollerblader, and they never once waved back. Not one person ever waved back. Really? Yes. Isn't that crazy? There yeah. are a bunch of bladers out there, and I was finally like, yes, I won't get made fun of. I like... It's such great soft impact, and it's good
1: on your bones. You would think it would be like a community, like a Jeep wave. Right? Yeah. That's what I thought as well. No. Sorry about that. Not at so, all. yeah, I'm from Columbus. Yes. Went to Miami. And um, and then you...
0: Moved back you, to Columbus. Moved back to
1: Columbus. Chicago was on the way. Molly was in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um, so I moved back to Columbus, and then I was there for a few years. Moved down to Cincinnati for kind of an ex-boyfriend and a job. Mm-hmm. And then stayed for the job. Lost the ex-boyfriend. Then met yeah. someone also from Cincinnati, so I'm here for life, I think, because I married him. <laughs> and awesome, well, yes. welcome,
0: thank you. And you know what I love about you? I think it's great when you meet somebody and something they say really sticks with you. Mm. And when first time we really sat down and talked, you talked about the power of the word "yet," mm. and I now have that written on paper. All over my kitchen. I love that. And I think about it every single day. And I say it to friends every day. Whenever yeah. we're talking about whatever stresses or anything, you know, or wherever you want to be mentally or physically or professionally, I'm like, you're just not there yet. And yes. it, it it changes my mentality so much. And you are a TEDx speaker. You did a yes. TEDx talk about this. So I did a
1: TEDx talk on the word yet, which is essentially growth mindset. Yeah. So Carol Dweck wrote a great book called Mindset. Mm-hmm. And it's all about how, especially as women, which is interesting we're taught from a very young age that to have a fixed mindset which means when you got an A people said oh my gosh you're so smart they never praised the effort behind that A right mm-hmm. and if you got a C or a D you just said oh i'm bad at math instead of saying who how can i work harder how can i learn in a different way i just haven't gotten an A yet mm. and so by adding that simple little word it changes your whole perspective on whatever you're doing
0: yes which is super cool. Yeah. I, like, I never thought about that. It's the it's the easiest little thing. Yeah. And you also, so then, and that um, happened from a car accident you had, and then you went on to be a, a mental coach for the Bengals, and you
1: see, and now this is your whole life. It is my whole life. So, my backstory. So, I was, I'm graduated a semester early from miami my mom had breast cancer at the time so i moved back a semester early um she's doing great though cool yeah and so i was living in columbus and i was contemplating what do i do next i wanted to get my phd in clinical psychology was Mm -hmm. applying for all those programs and was working in the psychiatric unit at ohio state and my office was actually a padded cell from the 70s oh my god no way they hadn't renovated (laughs) Yeah, so institutional. uh (laughs) Yes, and so I was training for this bike ride, which is the Pelotonia. It's a hundred mile bike ride Ohio Mm -hmm. State does for cancer research. Crazy. Yes, and I had just done my first forty mile ride, and I hit by car on my bike. Oh my gosh,
0: how was that?
1: It was sad, actually. It was. It was scary and sad, and there was this mom. She had three little boys in the back seat. She oh. just forgot to look right on red. Like, she yeah. felt horrible, but she had this big SUV, so it crashed right into me. Oof. And I, in the moment, was in shock, so I tried to walk on my broken <sighs> leg. I was like, I'm fine, I'm fine, and then I crumbled. Oh. I know, and my boyfriend at the time lived like two blocks over, so he ran over, um, called the ambulance, mm-hmm. the whole thing. So I ended up, I had a broken left leg and a broken right arm. So I couldn't use and then there were some problems with my hips, but I couldn't use crutches. Yeah. So I was in a wheelchair for like two or three months, almost three months. Whoa. Yeah. Well, wow, talk
0: about a like crazy life changing thing happening here. It
1: was crazy because prior to that I was constantly go, 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 go. Yeah. Like my last semester at Miami, I was working a serving job. I was doing research in a lab. I was taking like twenty five credits. Like I was, Whoa. I know, insane. Like, go, go, go. And then when I moved to Columbus, I was training for this bike race. I was working two jobs. Like, I was applying for a PhD programs. So I'd constantly just been going. Mm-hmm. And my main source of stress outlet was physical activity. Yeah. Like, when I was here. I would run. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then I couldn't do that. Right. Yeah. So I'm in this wheelchair. My mom's like doing my makeup before work, and we're fighting. And <laughs> my boyfriend's showering me, and I'm like <laughs> can't do anything for myself. Yeah. And through that process, I discovered different ways to take care of my mental well-being and my stress mm-hmm. without physical activity.
0: Wow. So that energy can legit be like removed. I feel like I um like if I don't go to yoga or. Yeah, pretty much like a yeah. hot yoga class and overdo it and go to the gym, then I am I am a crazy person. But like those that to me, like that mental energy can be expelled and like, mm-hmm. so, OK.
1: Yeah. So I'm not going to belittle the power of exercise because physical activity is huge, even if mm-hmm. you're just walking, even if it's light movement. Yeah, that's huge for our health and mental and physical mm-hmm. and also our breath is our most underutilized function in the body.
0: Wow, yeah. There are so
1: many ancient breath techniques that we can use to either decrease or increase energy. And it's amazing how much is out there that we're not taught about the breath. So yes, even if you cannot move physically, you can use the breath to distill all that anxious energy. You just need to be taught how. Cool. Yeah,
0: That makes so much sense, I guess. Like I've been to meditation retreats and stuff and yoga is like my life and it is all about breath but I've never really thought about
1: harnessing like using that
0: yeah it's a different perspective cool
1: yeah and we're not taught how like none of us are taught diaphragmatic breathing none of us are taught I mean if you ever watch a baby breathe they breathe the quote-unquote right way So they use their full lung capacity. When they inhale, their lungs increase. Their belly button goes up. And when they exhale, it all decreases. The belly button falls toward the spine. Wow. But as we age and we get anxious and trauma happens and stress happens, we actually forget how to breathe. We don't breathe with our full lung capacity. We breathe in a shallow way up in our chest. And that actually increases stress and anxiety. Oh. So the more we get anxious and stressed— The less we breathe appropriately, the more we breathe into our upper chest. Mm -hmm. And the more we breathe into our upper chest in short, shallow breaths, then the more anxious we get. It's a cycle.
0: I guess that makes sense. Yeah. Wow, that makes total sense.
1: So like when you see someone have a panic attack, what are they doing? They're breathing in through their mouth, all in their upper chest really quick. (sighs) Like They can't get enough breath, right? They can't get enough air. So we want to drop that breath down to the low belly, use the full lung capacity, breathe in through the nose, out through the mouth, deep, full breaths. Calms oh yeah.
0: The body. I am um very well. I am um I have panic attacks all the yeah, time kind yeah. of recently. They've, 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 they 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 uh, my first one Oktoberfest this mm. past year and since then I've had quite a few. Yeah. it's nice. nuts and that's what it is. I can't breathe and yep. everything.
1: And falls we apart. fight it. So the p- thing about panic attacks is tell yourself it's okay to have it. Yeah. It's okay. Ah. Go breathe into it like okay, I'm having this and it's okay. I'm not going to fight it. Cuz what happens is that feeling of panic comes on and we say, no, 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 no. I don't want this. I don't want this. I want. I don't want this to happen. Mm-hmm. I know this feeling. I don't want it to happen again, right? Mm-hmm. Breathe into that. Okay. If it happens, it happens. I'm going to do these deep belly breaths and I'm just going to sit here and ground myself. And if it happens, it happens. I'll be yeah. safe.
0: Awesome. So yeah. after, so you had the power of the word yet, and yes. then that, um, and so then yeah, so from I got there. In that,
1: was in the wheelchair. Um, learned all about mindfulness, pranayama, which is breath techniques. Mm-hmm. All of these things, and I was kind of like, holy shit, why didn't anyone teach me this growing up? It would have been great to know these techniques when I was sixteen, crying about my boyfriend that dumped me, or having anxiety. No one diagnosed. Yeah. Right?
0: So this is a, this is something that you've been dealing with your whole life.
1: Yeah. So I have anxiety. Um, I had it. And I've never said that actually publicly on the show so here we are yeah um but I've i probably had it since I was a very young age mm-hmm. and I always got stomach aches and I always had to do little weird rituals at night and no one my parents didn't know what to look for no one talks about this and I really don't think that I have a very serious case of anxiety in terms of a spectrum which we all fall on a spectrum mm-hmm. of um, mental well-being but If I would have learned these techniques at a very young age, I think it would have helped me tremendously Mm. just managing um, the anxiety and stress that was in my life. Um, And I wish someone would have taught me this, but no one knew. I mean, we didn't talk about it as much back then. I mean, I'm only 32, but even 20 years ago, we didn't talk about this. Yeah, no, definitely not. And so anyway, when I learned these techniques when I was like 22, I was like, oh, my God, I feel so much better. Yeah. Right. Like, this is amazing. Yeah. And I can have control over some of these because when we have anxiety, right, we start to cycle. So and we all do this. But Mm -hmm. you have a thought. Let's even think like, oh, what's going to happen tomorrow? I'm going to go on this podcast. Oh, my God. What if I fail? Blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. And then you spiral. And people with anxiety can't get that under control sometimes. Yeah. So when we learn the when I learned ways to actually control my thought cycles and my body and my brain I was like oh my god this is amazing everyone needs to know how to do this
0: really can I ask you how so how did you how did that process start yeah and so like- it was
1: when I was in that wheelchair and honestly it was Google even stalked us back then so mm-hmm. I was working in that padded cell office and yeah. I had this boss who was from France and I think she, she was on like a research exchange for the Ohio State mm-hmm. she spoke like four words of English so she was the only person I would talk to all day she would wheel me up put me in this pad itself <laughs> and I would enter data with my left hand oh my god your life is so miserable yeah it was so miserable Aww. and I like enter data with my non-dominant hand not in a sling and even back then Google stalked us So this ad came up and was like are you feeling blue and I was like yeah <laughs> <laughs> like uh, yeah <laughs> I a am matter of fact. <laughs> yeah and it was an ad for a John Cabot zinn CD which mm-hmm. we used to CDs back then which is not crazy to think about mm-hmm. but um it's John Kabat-Zinn is the quote unquote father of mindfulness in the West. So he brought a lot of the mindfulness techniques from the ancient Buddhist traditions over to the West, kind of took away a lot of the religion practices from it and stripped it down to the bare techniques. And he taught those techniques first at the university of Massachusetts, UMass, um, with some individuals who were not getting better. So they had heart disease, depression, um, Psoriasis, I think. Anyways, he saw impact on that, so he created an eight-week course called Mindfulness-Based Stress Reduction, which I'm trained in. Yes, yes, and it's it's intense. It's two and a half hours a week for eight weeks. You're asked to practice 45 minutes a day, so it's Whoa. kind of for those it's people who are ready to like jump off the deep end. Yeah. Um, but anyway, um, it was a C- his CD, and I just got hooked on it. And then I became fascinated. So then I decided to get my master's in public health with a grad certificate in positive psychology, which is the study of human flourishing, because I wanted to figure out how to help all humans thrive.
0: Wow, the study of human flourishing. That sounds amazing.
1: It is, and so the um, Siegelman and the psychologist who started the field of positive psychology Really actually hope that one day it's melded with the normal field of psychology Mm -hmm. because they think that psychology as a whole should study, yes, both disease, but also the positive aspects of our brain. So how do we all take care of our brain? How do we all flourish? How do we all do simple things we can do each day to optimize our performance in whatever we're doing? Being moms, being an employee, being a CEO, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Um, And so they study all those things. How can we just be excellent versions of ourselves?
0: That's oh my gosh! That's like always the dream. I right. feel like I stress about that. Yeah, about like I stress about um, trying to de stress all the time. Like I'm trying doing these de stressing techniques and they're not working. <laughs> God, what do I do now?
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, I can't <laughs> meditate.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, because like it's uh, at least in my experience, yeah, it's so easy to or easier to meditate or to get in a calm space when you're in a quiet room somewhere or when you're with a meditation coach or something like that. Yeah. But when you're on your own and you're in a high stress situation or moment by yourself cooking dinner and everything's going wrong and the kids are going crazy and you spill something on the ground yeah. or and everything's falling apart at work, whatnot. Like in real life, how do you create that environment within yourself every day? I think that's that's the struggle, you know?
1: Yeah, so I'm gonna go into an explanation and you tell me if I'm getting too heady. Okay. Um, So let's stress reactivity. So Mm -hmm. we have in our brain the amygdala, which Mm -hmm. is our fight or flight. And if Mm -hmm. there's any neuroscientists listening, this is a very basic explanation I know. So we also (laughs) have our prefrontal cortex, which is like the computer. So it's our executive functioning, emotion regulation, et cetera. When we operate out of our amygdala most of the time when we have those knee-jerk reactions. So when you're in the kitchen, your kids are screaming, you drop the milk, whatever it is, and then you scream at one of your kids. That's your amygdala, right? That's your knee-jerk reaction. That's stress reactivity. When we practice mindfulness and breath techniques in times of calm, uh-huh. we retrain our brain how to downregulate the amygdala and access the prefrontal cortex. So we actually know people that meditate 10 to 20 minutes a day consistently, their amygdala actually shrinks. Wow. And their prefrontal cortex gets bigger.
0: And this is because your brain is a muscle and it's just muscle memory training it, but it happens to be in your in your brain.
1: I don't know about that exactly. Okay. Um, but okay. we know from that. brain scans yeah. that the amygdala can shrink. So think of it more like not muscle memory, but where there's activity in your brain. Mm-hmm. So I always like to explain neural pathways, which is the way um, our thoughts ingrain in our brain mm-hmm. as riverbeds. Okay. So the more we put water into a riverbed, the more the deeper that riverbed gets, right? Okay, yeah. So the more we think a thought pattern, the more ingrained that thought pattern is in our brain. Yes. So the more we do a behavior, so our emotions, our physical sensations, um, and our thoughts and our behaviors are like a cycle. And so the more we have a thought, the more we have that knee-jerk behavior, the more it reinforces the emotions, the physical sensations, the thought, and that cycle gets ingrained in your brain. Yes. So the more you snap at your kids— the more you're going to snap at your kids, right? Yes. The more we react like, oh my God, F you, when someone cuts stuff in traffic, Mm -hmm. the more likely we are to do that next time. Yes. So we want to train the brain is to actually downregulate that amygdala activity and access the prefrontal cortex. And that's executive functioning. And it's just the pause. It sounds really heady. It sounds really like scientific, but it's simply a pause.
0: Yeah. Yes. What I think is great when people are dealing um, with stress and, and yeah. just the stuff to break it down to understand what's actually going on, I think it helps a lot. I mean, it, it helps yeah. me at least a lot to be like, "Whoa!" That way, it it um, gets me out of emotion, right? And like the shame that's involved with I just cussed some kid out in front of my kid, and right. I feel ba- I feel horrible about it. Right. But it's like, okay, no, you're a human being, and you are reacting, and this is what's going on. And like, you just got if you don't want to do this anymore, there are ways to change it.
1: Yeah. And I think going back to your question about the how, one the way to actually use these techniques when you are stressed is to practice them when you're not stressed. Okay. Right? You wouldn't go run a marathon without yeah. training.
0: Yeah. True. Yeah. So it's the
1: same thing. You have to. Re- you've been doing this these activities in your brain for how many years? However old you are, mm-hmm. you have to retrain your brain. So you need to do that in times of calm. That's why we ask people, practice 10 minutes a day. Let me teach you how to meditate. Practice mindfulness breath techniques just for 10 minutes a day. And then when you are stressed, your brain will go, oh, I remember how to do this. I remember how to pause. You trained me how to do this. But without that practice, you can't Mm -hmm. expect to perform in your stressful life.
0: Yes. So um, in your practice now, you are um merit and mental wellbeing.com. Yes. Yes. And so and you do coaching, individual coaching, and all of and what exactly do you do?
1: Sure. So um when I moved down here, so I finished my masters, moved down here, mm-hmm. um, and was working for a health foundation. Mm-hmm. And I was managing their mental health portfolio. So we gave money wow. to nonprofits in the city um to do mental health activities. And it was so cool, so fun. We ended up doing a CEO transition. Um, they decreased, they cut the mental health funding. So it yeah. wasn't for me anymore. Um, but at the same time, I got, I was at a coach's clinic through that foundation for football coaches from high schools across Cincinnati. The Marvin Lewis cool. Foundation. Hosts. Yeah. So I'm g- giving, giving a presentation on these things because we actually know consistent mindfulness meditation increases peak performance. Okay. So it's yeah. not just a feel good thing. We actually see it as yeah. a competitive advantage as well. Yeah. Um, which is the reason Google Aetna, everyone's investing in it, right? Uh-huh. So anyway, a coach walked up to me after and said, I loved your presentation. I want to hire you. And just so you know, I was raised on the Browns football. I'm from Columbus. My parents are from Cleveland. It's okay. I was like, what high school? And he goes, no, I'm Marvin Lewis. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> That's awesome. I was like, oh, nice to meet you. I'm Meriden. <laughs> okay,
0: in your defense, you're raised on Browns. And also, you're um, maybe just not that big of a football
1: fan or whatever that is I was mortified that is amazing Anyway, I'm sure he found it very refreshing probably yeah because he asked me to come have lunch with him in the cafeteria and we like chatted and he's like I want to hire you so he hired me for three seasons Hugh Jackson flew me up to the Browns for a season to work with him Mm -hmm. with one of my colleagues in the community Jen Wright so we worked together on that project and then through that experience I learned how to really distill these things down to sound bites like they would give me 60 seconds a day right these guys so I learned how to put this into language that anyone can understand. Yeah. And so when the Health Foundation cut the mental health funding, I said, you know what, I'm gonna go out on my own, um, and started working with a number of different populations. So yes, I work with individuals. Um, I also work with the University of Cincinnati Integrative Center. Dr. Sean Cotton is my business partner. Okay. And we spent a year looking across the nation at corporate mindfulness programs specifically. So we mm-hmm. researched what's working. We took Google's program. We talked to Aetna. And we decided let's create our own eight-week program based on this information yeah. for the corporate setting. Okay. So we developed that. We have worked with a number of businesses now in this um, city, and we have some great pre-post data. So we actually measure perceived stress, um, resiliency, empathy, um, and I'm blanking on the fourth. Me- oh, mindfulness stuff. And so we actually see pre-post decreased stress, um, significantly significant amounts of decreased stress. Is
0: there one common thread underneath all of this? Because you talk, you talk to groups yeah. of people, people um, demographically on different wavelengths, different places within a corporation or whatnot. Yeah. But we're all human. Is there one common wavelength? That's- yeah.
1: So my business slogan is I teach Easily implemented, evidence-based techniques to individuals and organizations for increased mental well-being.
0: Okay, that's it. And so, if you have like to every human being, like what is like throughout your research, like is there one thing that you can ha- that's been highlighted?
1: Yes, I would say first of all, accepting that while one in five of us will have mental illness, a hundred percent of us have mental health. A hundred percent of us. Yeah, we all need to do something every day to take care of it. Every day. And I ask people all the time in my presentations, what do you think your most valuable asset is? Your brain, right? Yeah. Your brain. Yes. And everyone agrees with that, hands down. And then I say, okay, great. Every day, what do you do to take care of your most valuable asset? Every day. And I'm not talking content loading. I'm not talking reading. I'm not talking watching things to make you smarter. Yeah. I'm talking how do you take care of your most valuable asset in the way that it processes?
0: Wow. And
1: almost no one raises their hand, right? No yeah. one can tell me how. So- I'm here to convince people that you have to do that. It's very, very important for our well-being and for our society right now. Definitely.
0: I would say, like, this is um, this is just like taking a shower. You got to brush your yes, teeth. Yes, You have to do this every day. And America was not founded in our society on um, in any sort of way that had... We didn't have any capacity for this type of thought or right. care, like, ever. Because right. I feel like in the beginning when I was... First introduced to mindfulness, it was some hokey woo woo thing that everybody said they're crazy in California, at least the household I was raised in, in my experience, that's what... How it was perceived to be. And to talk about mental wellness was like was such BS. Oh yeah. And just like, okay, sure, whatever, Natalie. Right. And then it was just like you're an emotional wreck, or here's a prescription for something, you know? Yeah, go like, cry in the corner. Exactly. Yeah. Or like, like you said, when you were when I was a kid, um, we moved, my parents got divorced, my mom got remarried and pregnant. And we moved from the west side to the east side in mm. one in like in one year. And I started every day that I had a test, I would like uncontrollably vomit mm. like every day yeah. which was which was so much yeah and um and then and they just told me it was just like you're not working hard enough you're not working hard enough and it was like now looking back it was like I just think I was under a lot of stress and yeah and I was a kid and I didn't know what to do I didn't have any friends and I had a bowl cut in Hyde Park it didn't work <laughs> and like you know but like what you're saying is yeah. like people weren't weren't we weren't talking about this and our parents didn't have the capacity at least my yeah, parents they didn't have did the not. Language. Exactly, right. they didn't know anything about this. So, like, you're really starting a revolution. Like, have you, have you ever worked with anyone that didn't come out of it? Like, oh, I don't want to say this might not sound right, but like, no. you didn't have like such a great reaction to it. I feel like everyone who practices this is like, whoa, actually,
1: you hit the nail on the head. The people that don't get impact are the ones that don't practice. Yeah, right. So I can sit here and teach you these techniques mm-hmm. until I'm blue in the face. If you don't go home and pra- and all I ask from my clients is I start with 60 seconds a day. That's yeah. it. For the first week, just give me 60 seconds. Yeah. But if you don't give me those 60 seconds, you're not going to see benefit. So you have to do the thing. But I also work with people to integrate these techniques into their day. So okay. I definitely don't want this to be one more thing you feel like you have to do. I don't want to add stress. With breath techniques, you can do them anywhere, anytime. So my favorite breath technique is just inhale, double exhale, And so we talk about the nervous system, we have the parasympathetic and the sympathetic. Uh The sympathetic's your fight or flight, it's the gas pedal. Parasympathetic is rest and digestion, it's the break. We constantly live in the sympathetic nervous system in our society, we're go, 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 go. This breath automatically triggers the parasympathetic nervous system. It tells our body we're safe. And all you have to do is inhale through your nose for a count of two or three, and exhale out through your mouth for a count of four or six. It's a one to two ratio. Uh-huh. So inhale one, exhale two, three. You guys are smart. You can yeah. Count. Um, and breathe into your low belly. Inhaling low belly inflates. Exhaling nose or mouth. I like mouth when I'm especially stressed or angry and actually make it audible. Like let yeah. that go. And double the exhale to the inhale. It tells your body you're safe. You can calm down.
0: You said something earlier about the language on stress and how like we um... – and how we, ha- and how we like categorize it in America or yeah. whatnot. So, what do you feel about that?
1: So, stress isn't bad, yeah. right? Like we all need a healthy level of stress. Mm-hmm. Stress gets a bad rap. Uh, the problem is that we have way too much stress. Yeah, we're never taught how to cope with it in a healthy way, and we don't downregulate the nervous system. So, our amygdala is our reptile part of our brain. It was developed thousands of years ago to help us, to help save us from lions, bears, whatever, mm-hmm. right? Our body reacts the same way to a snarky email today as if a bear were chasing us. Our body doesn't know the difference, right? Those internal systems fire the same way that cortisol pump's getting us ready to fight a bear, but really it's just a snarky email. Mm -hmm. We have to tell our body through these breath techniques and mindfulness, like, hey, actually, that isn't a bear. Calm down down-regulate the nervous system, let's yes. go back down to baseline. But in our society, we're constantly revving up, revving up, revving up, revving up. Uh-huh. And if we don't ever down-regulate, that's when we yell at, fuck you, at someone in the carpool line, yes. right? Because yeah. it's all these little, the straw that broke the camel's back, essentially. It's yeah. all these little stressors yeah. that add up, and we don't cope with them in a healthy way, and we perceive them as much bigger than they are.
0: Oh, my gosh. This makes so much sense. Right. I, um... I lived, so I lived in LA for a while and I was always like the kindest driver, like aggressive driver as they say, you know, but like I would never flick somebody off or ever yell the word F you to anyone ever. And I got so, I swear I still have PTSD from it. I talk about this all the time. Now, whenever anything happens on the road, I like in a heartbeat, well, Honk on the horn, yell F you, and flick just anything off. I just put my finger up. It's like my natural reaction. I don't yeah. even think about it now. It's
1: knee-jerk. Yeah. Oh, my
0: gosh. And it's so embarrassing. I'll like be like driving in my neighborhood, and like somebody is walking across the street at a walk sign, and I'm like,
1: what's going on?
0: <laughs> Wait, just kidding. It's all good. Yeah. You're like supposed to be doing just that. Like I'm sorry. girls got <laughs> cookies on the corner. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so what you want to do with that is bring awareness to what you notice first in that situation. Okay. And it'll take time to shift this, because it's mm-hmm. a habit now. But bring awareness. Do you notice physical sensations? Do you notice emotions or thoughts first in that moment? Is the thought first like, ah, screw them, I'm in danger? Or is the physical sensation of gripping the steering wheel like tightening up? Or is the emotion of anxiety, fear, anger? Notice which one you notice first. That's it. Bring awareness to that. And then by bringing awareness to that, you can decide to shift the rest of the cycle.
0: Wow. Yeah. Breaking it down.
1: Yeah. And it takes breaking it down, it takes mindful awareness, it takes the breath, and it takes time. I have this like adorable MBSR course right now and it's a great group of students and Uh one of my favorite was this week was like i am practicing all the things, like I was in this kitchen and I dropped the turkey and my normal reaction was to scream and I screamed but then I paused and then I went and breathed but I'm really mad that I still screamed and I'm like, So you expect to change your behavior you've been doing for 35 years in four weeks.
0: Yes. (laughs) That's what we all like. Yep. See, stressing around the (laughs)
1: de-stressing. Right. Why is it
0: working right now? It doesn't make any sense. So
1: I loved your point about us being human. Be kind to yourself. When you're learning these techniques, you're shifting behavior that's been ingrained for years, right? Yes. We have to be kind to ourselves about it.
0: Awesome. And so now you are, you're involved in so much stuff. So you've done... You can find all of this stuff, like the power of yet, like on it. You did a TEDx talk yep. in 2019. That was just last year. Yeah, yeah, and it was fun. And you're, it's so great, by the oh, way. I have watched it a couple of times. Aww. And um, and so now you are, um, uh, being dot com. Yep. You're also a co-founder and owner of Quidwell.
1: Yep. And what else
0: are you involved in?
1: So under com, we have the corporate programming, which you can find through the University of Cincinnati. You can find Mm -hmm. it through my website and then also through UC. Mm -hmm. Um, So we're expanding that across the city, which we're really excited about. And then Ashley Sullivan and I are creating an online course for she's a local psychologist who's amazing. Mm-hmm. We're creating an online course for girls about age eleven to eighteen to wow. teach them exactly what I wish I had learned at that age. Yeah. Um, how to empower them. Stress is not gonna go away for them. Like, yeah. right? It's it's gonna be the rest of their lives. I was talking to some girls from Earthline. they're adorable the other day, and they're like, I wanna be a CEO, I wanna be a mom. They have they want to be doctors. They want to have, they have these great dreams. The stress isn't going to get less. Yeah. It's only going to increase. I want to teach them the tools now to empower them to know how to deal with that stress so they don't get burnt out. That is amazing. You know, I'm dealing with that right now. I
0: started getting uh, panic attacks in October, and... Um, and i don't I don't think I deal with it in a healthy way, mm. and where I'm kind of at a cross right now in my career of I love this so much, and all I ever want to do is work. like yeah. all I ever want to do is work, but I'm so burnt out that like that I'm not being cre- I don't think I'm as creative as I was, so that I'm mad at myself that I'm not creative. And also, but like the white elephant in the room is, I am stressed all the time of like I still want to have a family and I want to continue this profession. I was like, this is unsustainable. what's going on yeah. right now like how how can we change that?
1: So what we want to do, and believe me, this is an ongoing struggle for me too. I work on this all the time. But we're going to get really clear on what you actually want to do, Mm -hmm. right? So what are your real visions and goals? And everything else is a hard no. And then you have to refresh, you know, that silly meme, like everything gets recharged when you plug it in. It's so true. You have to do these things to refresh you so you can achieve at a really high level the things you really want to do. And that also means saying no to the things that are... Medium and cool, but not exactly what you want to do. Yeah.
0: I think it's empowering to tell people that you really can do whatever you want. Mm -hmm. And if you aren't happy, like right now, just recognize that. And like you can change it within you just with a couple breaths and your life can change. Like I, I strongly believe as someone who is, I've been on and off medication forever and Mm -hmm. diagnosed all of these things. The only thing that's brought me any sort of balance And success and health, like, where I could be happy in a state of homeostasis for Mm. however long, was holistic breathing and, like, mental well-being and just taking time to sit and think about what was going on and kind of let it all digest. Yeah. And then as you go to walk through life, I find, like, things just click. And you're like, oh, my God, now I'm not reacting to this like I used to. And there's not... I have yet to find a more empowering, amazing feeling than mm. wow, I am reacting in such a positive way to something that I used to that used to crumble me and make me a version of myself I don't like. Right. And and be detrimental to my to my health. So
1: a thousand percent. Oh, yeah. I love that. And I think it's powerful too because you start to see people through a different lens. So when mm-hmm. people start to have temper tantrums as adults, right? Yeah. Which we've all seen in the workplace. Oh my gosh. You don't feed into that. You yeah. don't rev it up. You just watch it. And you're like, wow, they must be in a lot of pain, right? Yeah. They must mm-hmm. be going through some stuff, right? Yeah. And you don't feed into it. You're able to stay calm in that moment and not get drawn into their energy. Wow. Yes. Which is so, so powerful. Cool. Yeah. And it's it's empowering, right? We yeah. all want to have this sense of control over our bodies and our minds. And we can. We just haven't been taught it.
0: Okay. You know what I'm talking about now? She is dope and she just gets better. And the more that you talk to her one-on-one, the better it gets. So if you want to talk to Meriden more, you can find more information about her through her work at the University of Cincinnati Center for Integrative Health and Wellness Corporate Mindfulness website. That's www.med.uc.edu slash integrative slash mindfulness-programs. Then her Instagram is at M W B, which stands for Meriden McGraw Wellbeing. And then her website, which is launching soon, is Meriden, MeridenMWB. It's the same thing as her Instagram. And you can reach her for individual sessions and group sessions, like you and your girlfriend that need some help, or you and your, like, all your mom posse, you know, whatever, virtually right now at MMCGraw at MeridenMWB.com. So that's Meriden McGraw at MMGraw at MeridenMWB.com. Love y'all. We're all going to get through this no matter what. Stay positive. Stay hopeful. And practice those brain waves, babe. I'll see you soon.
1: This has been Person of Interest with Natalie Jones.